My name is Imani, and you are listening to Ask the Oracle, a horary podcast. Ask the Oracle is a different kind of astrology podcast. We're a rotating cast of astro pals who use the ancient art of horary to answer modern life's burning questions. Join us the last Wednesday of each month for your fix of celestial advice. And if you have a question you'd like answered on the podcast, please fill out the form we have listed on our cast members' uh, Instagram bios. This week, uh, this conversation is split into two. In the first half of the conversation, we have Salem, Carol Ann, Mel, myself, Imani, and Christina having a conversation about horary, the roots of this podcast, as well as some post-Norwak thoughts. In the second half, me, Christina, and Carol Ann will answer some relationship horary questions, so you definitely want to be tuned in. Thank you for listening. Hi. Hey. Now we're being weird. Yeah, I know. I know. It's 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 hard to have a scheduled uh um casual conversation, but um, you know. But like, what's what's the context of the conversation? Maybe that would help. Like, if we establish one. Well, maybe I think like, I don't know. Like, you know, we've like revisited the structure of our podcast after meeting each other IRL after Norwalk. like do we want to talk maybe about like I mean like we just experienced that together like last week like what are some of people's what are people feeling post Norwalk? I don't know and like for cut like Norwalk for context is the was it Northwestern astrology conference based in Seattle um yeah Mm-hmm. Yes. So we, so should we introduce ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, hi, I am Christina. Um, and I am, it feels weird to say I'm an astrologer. Uh, but yes, yeah, like yeah, I know we are. It just feels weird to, because I don't introduce myself this way. You know, um, I'm an astrologer uh, who does natal and horary um, and a tarot card reader um, and been studying for uh, particularly astrology for a couple years now, tarot for a lot longer. And um, with this group, because we started studying together and really gelled, so I'll pass it off to somebody else. I can go. <laughs> I could introduce myself. My name is Ibani. Um, I like to call myself an Afrofuturist mm-hmm. astrologer, um, tarot reader, and world builder. Um, I I don't know. I feel like I kind of just dabble <laughs> in all types of astrology. I think right now my astrological love is electional astrology. Um, but I also have lots of questions about like locational astrology. So like astro, 
cartography is something that's interesting to me right now. Um, yeah, that's that's me. My name is uh, Salem. <laughs> I'm a I'm an astrologer as well. I do uh, NATO and Hori and electional, but I really like Hori the most because <laughs> uh, it's interesting and you can really re rely on like the technicality of astrology mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to inform your I don't know delineations. I guess. Okay. Mel, why don't you go? Okay, uh, usually I think about these things for longer, but um, okay, so my name's Mel. Uh, <clears throat> currently I'm in Philadelphia, been uh, really into astrology for, you know, the past several years, and I think I, I kind of have my hands in natal, electional, and horary, and I think my approach, I, I just, I really love like uh, data analytics and, and looking at mm -hmm. trends and systems and, and how they manifest kind of in the real world. Um, and also just, uh, you know, um, astro magic, things like that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I don't know. One of the things that kind of just stood out to me that Salem just kind of mentioned about horary is how it really forces you to get into like the technical component of astrology. I think for me, especially learning like Hori and electional has really like expanded the astrological world for me in that like for one sure. of the things that I was thinking of is like a I think lots of times astrology can just be like this cute thing with memes on the internet mm -hmm. um and Hori and electional really kind of although like you know oh Coco sorry my dog um Hori can I don't know, like one of the things that we did in class, like we were talking about lots of different like texts and different like perspectives on Hori and like the way that we, or way that the, you know, we understand these different technical pieces. And that really, although I've like known astrology as a field, like that really like solidified it for me in that like there are various like opinions lineages and kind of like schools of thought around how astrology is shaped even within a specific type of astrology and that was something that i found very fascinating um yeah yeah i agree like i feel with i like natal the natal is obviously wonderful but i do i feel you that it can sometimes feel a little flat mm -hmm. not, not 3d yeah um, and that you know, because it is a certain type of tool, it is a certain type of perspective. And then kind of once you have it, 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 it just seems like, okay, there it is. But horary and electional definitely, you know, are ch like challenge you in mm -hmm. a really different way. Yeah. yeah. And I think they're also kind of more immediate too. Mm -hmm. Like, I think especially like in consultations for like natal, like I might say something, but like they're the timeline of which like those things will show up. I don't necessarily have access to unless somebody is telling me how that's kind of unfolding for them. Mm -hmm. And like it doesn't necessarily become as real until some of those things happen for someone, which could be that day, but it could also be years from then, you know, like 
mm-hmm. <laughs> um and there's a way that Hori kind of like satiates the desire of like having some sort of like immediate kind of like I don't know result or awareness of like a very specifically what a result or outcome or some of the you know I don't know like a, a lot of the questions that somebody can ask in a natal consultation they can also ask in a horary right mm-hmm. you know like and sometimes like, it's more appropriate and you're right. gonna you're gonna say something Mel and add to that about Oh, um, yeah, I, I was I was thinking about uh, what you said, Amani made me think about, um, I feel like myself and I feel like a bunch of us in, in this group too are really interested in like activism and, and kind of using horary and electional as, as like tools within that. It's like more that like active, like um, here's what you can do like right mm-hmm. now sort of thing. Um, yeah. And just like in general, uh, I think, what's interesting is just like being able to like modernize um, a lot of these things and like in real time kind of experiment and play with that. I, I think that's kind of fun too. Oh yeah, that's such an, such an actual excellent point. You know, like that because horary and electional are so time bound Yeah, that there is something that for you to work with, right? Although, or at least that's what, what was at the beginning of, um, Ma, what is, what is mashallah? Am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was like, if it isn't in the birth chart, it's not gonna happen. Don't even bother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. That was like paragraph one. It wasn't even page one. That was paragraph one. Yeah. <laughs> kind of off-putting. I'm like, yeah. we have more control. At, well, you know, I think, you know, what's really interesting of, of like what you say about that, because that speaks to think, something that we see in a lot of older texts is like, mm. because of the way that society was socially constructed, like there was a limitation around what actually was possible for people, right? Yeah. So like na- the idea of like natal promise and even like the way that these texts tend to be extreme, like the stakes were very different at that time in that that way that astrology was talked about was able to that was the the language used to articulate the reality of the conditions that people lived in which i think is something that wade i think it was wade caves had talked about um during that um the infamous panel (laughs) at norwak um you know about you know different yeah and that that i i remember when he said that Mm-hmm. thinking something that I've been thinking since we were looking at Zoller's material on medieval astrology mm-hmm. like do we still live in the medieval world it, it's like this there's this book about like a, the title of it it's a history book I've never read it but I, but I mm-hmm. uh it, it's like something about the French Revolution is over or something like that where it's basically like how certain certain and the the idea is that certain time periods like resonate through history Mm -hmm. and you know like we would like to think you know having gone through the enlightenment that we're out of the medieval world right and that you know the ancient world which is different than the medieval world but Mm -hmm. that we're out of that kind of harsh context where things can be so extreme. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that we are. I think that like Mel said, we're ready to modernize a lot of these, these um, astrologies 
But then there's also the question too, because it does still work. Are we, or are we not? Or are we at the precipice? Yeah. Medieval world. <laughs> All right, Carolyn, do you want to introduce yourself? <laughs> sure. My name is uh, Carolyn. I currently live in Canada. Um, I'm a astrologer. I practice natal, electional, and horary. Um, I have been like increasingly drawn to uh, electional and horary because they are specifically time and space bound. Um, and during my Saturn return, one of the things that I've noticed is that I have always been a student of time. Um, also with my other work, um, I focus on relationships. So these last few years have been like looking at relationships within time and relationships with time itself and how uh, time will kind of slightly differ depending on location mm. or like where you situate yourself in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and that reminds me of this conversation that y'all were having earlier about like, are we still in the medieval era? And I think that in, in some ways we are, but we've just like expanded the parameters of what that means. Mm. Like there are still limitations on like mm. what we can do, when we can do it. And I think it's really important to notice them yeah. that we, our efforts can be more focused, mm. um, but they're not as limited perhaps as they used to be, or we have interventions that mm. we didn't used to have. Um, yeah, so maybe to be a little bit of a contrarian there. I mean, I would agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something that I've been thinking a lot since Norwalk is um, when like looking at natal charts, like what are specific skills or abilities or interests or passions that people have and using it with elections, like what is the best use of it and when? Mm -hmm. because not every part of the of the natal promise gets played out at all times or in all spaces mm -hmm. so I think using horary and electional um, we are able to get like more of a focused or specific time period or use of those skills yeah I like that it's like uh as the astrologer it's like even though the horary or election might say something that might be objectively negative or difficult it's like how do you help them see their agency within that and and like that has changed from the medieval times like you could have a bad relationship with your doctor the hoary says don't trust your doctor but like you know there's other resources whether it's online or community structures or, or whatever so yeah and i also want to say taking this away from very serious and wonderful topics that I, I love to dive deep in. I can't believe it. The Saturn person's going to take it to, to a light point. Or is that <laughs> fun? Because like the amount of like talking about like relationships and like mm. just like people interacting is it's like an advice call. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that that piece too. <laughs> so and i mean that was kind of one of the main things that had us interested in doing this podcast to to begin with yeah i mean it's called ask the oracle <laughs> <laughs>
our podcast. And now we're going to delve into some relationship horror questions. And Christina is going to read off our first question today. The question is, is he an ex dating someone new? Um, the date is for the chart is April 20th, 2022 at 12.02 p.m. Haymarket, Virginia. And the question is, I broke up with this person at the end of 2019 and spoke to them on and off, but not seriously or in depth since the end of the relationship. I'm curious if he has moved on. So that's the question. First things first, although I see a consideration before judgment, is an act dating someone new? I find this question kind of interesting because I'm not sure without more context, I would be comfortable answering this question. And I see Imani and, and Carolyn are, are nodding because like, you know, I, I, I the first thing I, I ask myself is, is this honestly her business? Yeah. Right? Because like, if the person, because like on the one hand, all right. So like the, the details of the question are like, you know, they have been talking. And so it's, it's, I'm okay answering like a cheating or like, what are they doing type question? Like right. that, that I think is fine. But if it's the type of question, like I wouldn't let an ex buy a shirt without double checking with me, you know, I'm talking <laughs> on, on all social media platforms type question. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to answer that question. Yeah. What do you guys think? I mean, like to me, like people ask these types of questions all the, I think it, it go, I think what you were saying about like the context of like, what is the why? Like if you're like being like, cause sometimes, you know, people are just curious. Like maybe it could be something that the person needs to be able to move on to just be like, mm. okay, like this is over. But it also could be like you said, like I keep tabs on what what he's doing and I need to know what's next. You know what I mean? Or like, if there's someone else out there because like, you know, because I don't want you moving on. Like, I feel like it, with what you said, like context can mm. definitely help to kind of clarify that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess in that sense, like I'm kind of like, neutral about like it to me it's not like a hard no like there wasn't any like again there wasn't a lot of context but like it didn't seem malicious in the way that the question was was asked although of course naturally it is nosy you know (laughs) and I think a lot of people can relate to wanting to to know nosy things about other people like we're curious we're social human beings, um, but something to consider is like if there isn't uh, like a direct impact on you, then it mm. then that's where the whole it's none of your business stuff shows up. Mm. Um, whereas like if they were in a relationship um, and the querent was asking, "Is my partner seeing someone else?" Mm-hmm. then like I would be more inclined to answer that. Whereas this one, I do have a little bit of hesitancy just because 
um, it feels a little bit like one person is asking an astrologer to spy mm -hmm. on another mm -hmm. person. <laughs> and part of me is like here for that. Yeah. <laughs> <And part of laughs> me, I want to be careful here. <laughs> it's a little messy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is a little messy. And, and so I think one of the ways in which we kind of solve uh, for the messiness is I think we need to really take a look at the quarant in this chart and see oh, yeah. if we can see what is her um, mm -hmm. and, and what is her intention here? Where does she stand in this? Because like to move into looking at the chart a little bit, um, you know, when I'm looking at the considerations before judgment, I see a late ascendant, a 27 uh, cancer. So A, she already knows. Yeah. <laughs> she already knows the answer to this question. Okay, cool. Um, so maybe clearly they must be having some sort of connection or she's somehow impacted her in this person's life. Yeah. Um, and then when we look at the moon, who is uh, uh, Lord of the First, L1, mm -hmm. you know, we have the moon in the fifth. I immediately, without looking any deeper into that, would think oh like you were kind of hoping to get back together and this yeah. is why you're asking this question right I, I think one thing that I'll just like add like context wise for for mm -hmm. listeners so we'll to refer to each house that we're speaking to we'll be saying L and then the number of the house so as Christina just said like L1 is referring to the first house the ruler of the first house right um and I think just to kind of go back to like what's happening with L1, like the next aspect that the moon um, is making is one, a sextile to L7, which is assuming this X. But then after that is, um, is this square to Neptune mm. and Jupiter, which like in my mind, like immediately kind of goes to like wishful thinking in a in a mm -hmm. sense of like mm -hmm. maybe like what what might happen like what you know kind of like the the curiosity um that's kind of there and I think to me like one of the defining things about squares between the signs of Jupiter Sagittarius and Pisces respectively is that like they the the tension that comes from a square is is like the excitement of like believing in what is is possible right mm -hmm. so like as opposed to like a different type of tension of like maybe if it was like it's like a Saturn or something like that it's like ooh, like the the feeling of like what's possible is 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 positive um mm -hmm. yeah yeah and this is this is also a moon in Sag so there is kind of like that wishful thinking mm -hmm. on top of the mm -hmm. applying square to Neptune and Jupiter. Um, so I think it speaks to like the excitement that one may feel with like believing that something is possible. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe not that um, any action or event will necessarily come of it, but just the possibility mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. like enough to like uplift one's spirit. And I, I gonna double back and agree with you on that or double down, I should say, um, because if you look at 
without the without the outers and without the um, Saturn there, this would be in an enclosure. The moon would be enclosed between Venus because that was the last aspect made. Mm -hmm. Um, that uh, like that square to Venus says sexual tension to me. Like there was some sort of like maybe frisson with this with this act, and you know, or a spark of something like oh well maybe, you know, things have changed hmm. or things have uh, evolved, and yeah. you know, if if only Saturn weren't there, <laughs> yeah, you know, what I mean, it, 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 it would be like yeah. But Saturn is there, <laughs> <laughs> and then Neptune is there. Uh -oh. Yeah, and so it. So I'm just kind of taking it like, you know, it it does feel a very what if kind of the, the whole whole vibe is like what if. Um, mm -hmm. And I think with that, like, look at like if we're looking at the the dignity of that moon it's in the term and face of that Saturn. So it's like, <laughs> it's very like <laughs> smitten in a sense, you know what I mean? Over this this person, or at least, you know, clearly like thinking about them, mm -hmm. um, which I think shows that on, on a couple of different levels. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's where this person's coming from. And so I feel kind of, it doesn't seem malicious in any sort of way or spying. Are you, I believe you're frozen. Ah, of course I'm frozen. I'm Unless here. you're in deep thought. I'm not in deep thought. Don't make My internet connection is unstable. <laughs> it just flashed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, anyway, so what I was saying is like, did you hear the part where I said about um, that I would feel having looked at the current I kind of feel comfortable answering this question yeah mm -hmm. okay. yeah because it doesn't seem like evil <laughs> no right yeah no it, it seems, it seems like, like, a good like yeah this seems like a genuine curiosity but. of wanting to get back together with this person mm -hmm. and then wanting to check out like are they are, are is the is the ex keeping his there his do we know his okay we know yeah. his options open right you know is he keeping his options open yeah so I mean to that like although this could be like a first house seventh house question is when we're like I also was thinking about it as like a like a first fifth question too mm -hmm. where it's like one seven being like oh this is like a serious relationship that somebody might be in versus like you know this person just kind of like puts it around you know if we're looking at like <laughs> one five right um mm -hmm. okay so you want to take a look at his his fifth house which is and so let's pause caroline do you want to explain what turning the chart is uh yeah i can yes okay uh so turning the chart is when you make a house the new um, first house and then you count from there so if we're looking at what's going on um, in an ex's love life so we would mm -hmm. take the seventh house we now make that the first house and then we count the fifth house from there which would be the radical 11th 
Right. So in the original chart, that would be the 11th house. Mm -hmm. And that's what radical means. Radical means true in this, in this context. Right. So that would be Venus. Mm -hmm. Right. The, yeah, the 11th house, um, the sign on the cusp is Taurus. So Venus is the ruler of the turned fifth. Mm -hmm. So we'd be looking at what Venus is doing and also what is going on in the radical 11th or the turned fifth. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and already I kind of don't like this uh, for in terms of him seeing other people because I see the North Node mm -hmm. in the radical 11th and I'm like, that seems like more than one. <laughs> North Node very much seems more than one. Mm -hmm. Especially with <laughs> Venus exalted in Pisces, a mutable sign. Um, it's not just like staying put. It's not just singular. And it's also in, in um, his third house, his yeah. neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> Joining the part of fortune. Yeah. <laughs> Joining the part of fortune. That's good. <laughs> I'm curious what the next um, aspect that that Saturn is going to go through. Mm. Um, Although we should probably rewind and talk a little bit more about that Saturn in this chart because we've mm -hmm. kind of just identified that Saturn, okay, but we haven't talked about okay, the Saturn is in the eighth house. Mm -hmm. What you know, what aspects of Saturn is or is it making? Right. You know, so maybe we should shift our attention to to before then. I like check the ephemeris. That's right. Oh, check the ephemeris mm -hmm. <laughs> to see like what the next aspect is uh, Saturn is going to experience and if that matters in this in this case or not. So let's let's talk about the Saturn in the eighth house. Um it has dignity by rulership mm -hmm. and triplicity. Um so that to me kind of like signifies that this person is kind of beholden to nobody but themselves so they're right. looking for their own interests mm -hmm. um the fact that it's in the eighth could point to some measure of complication coming from that or that things aren't out in the open the way that other people may like mm -hmm. for them to be um and yeah, like more of just like that hiddenness or like low key, but it's very uh, fixated on like meeting their own needs and desires. Yeah. I think too, because like other than the applying sextile um, from moon to Saturn, Saturn mm -hmm. isn't really communicating with other planets either. So it's very right. much like, I want to stay in, in my lane. I don't necessarily have to listen or communicate with anybody to get what I want to get. Mm. Mm -hmm. What you don't know doesn't hurt you. Mm -hmm. So as far as the next aspect, you know, we know what the next aspect is that the Quirin's going to experience, which is the Neptune. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in the, in soon after uh, Jupiter. 
So the next aspect that's going to happen to Saturn is a conjunction with the moon. Um, now it's it's obviously after a couple sign changes that mm -hmm. you will get to to a conjunction. What do you think? What do we make of that? Like that there's going to be a, con a conjunction, and that's the next thing that, as far as this question is related, is going to happen to or with him. Mm -hmm. And is that happening? Yeah. Like, I wonder if the person's going to go for it anyway. Right. I can see the querent like looking to pursue this. Um, especially with like Pluto on the descendant, it's very much that like feeling of, of being like impassioned or preoccupied, um, where you can't let something go. Mm -hmm. And yeah, with like the moon applying to sextile Saturn so closely, it's like this person is on their mind and it's only going to get stronger until it kind of reaches that point and then it's going to and then it's going to be averse to Saturn. Mm. Mm -hmm. But with a little bit of forethought, because this is not fate, this is right. not destiny. This is just a horror. <laughs> I mean, we are the Don't oracle. Don't make the oracle mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, we are the voice of the oracle, but, you know, um, I think that with a little bit of fore forewarning, um, you cannot. <laughs> you can definitely not because whatever is like, just based on the horror, you know, especially because this person already knows, uh, this isn't going to be a fun romance. It's not. It's not going to be fun for her. Um, yeah, I, I think to what you're saying, I'm like thinking about like the even just like the pathway that the moon is making towards that Saturn. Like it has to touch <laughs> all these planets that are a bit disorienting, mm -hmm. um, and then go into detriment, and then 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 touch the. the yeah, yeah, and then not have a lot of dignity when it reaches Aquarius and it reaches that Saturn. Like this person has like, I don't want to say they have all the, like, I don't mean it in that way, but like in terms of like, they're, they're good, right? Like when we get, mm -hmm. when that moon gets to Saturn, it will be beholden to that Saturn because the Saturn will be its ruler, right? This sounds very yeah. medieval, um, but like... <laughs> Now, we're, here's one. Here's one thing, though. Yeah. Here's one thing. Here's one thing. We do have to look at the sun and Venus, um, mm. because it is a heterosexual relationship, mm -hmm. um, and that will give us a little more info um, in terms of what what else is going on. And so, um, who would like to to take? What does why do why must we include Sun and Venus? Like what what info is that giving us? Well, I mean, I can you know using <laughs> the old school kind of gendered logic of like mm. of astrology, I can assume that like the Sun is the man and like Venus is uh, the woman. You know mm. what I mean? Um, and I, but I think with that, that's really interesting that like the sun has just changed dignity. Mm -hmm. um, it is not going to reach 
that Venus for a while, if ever. Yeah, but it is ruled by that Venus. Mm-hmm. And oh, it yeah. is exalting that moon. So we look at the, the receptions there. It's actually in the triplicity and term of Venus, too. Interesting. So, so that, that there's something here. But, but mm, I don't know. Should I swear? Should, should I? Yeah. yeah okay. You're it. fine with it. You're fine with Be it. You know who I'm off. Yeah, you know who I'm off of. But a guy wanting to fuck you is so exceedingly <laughs> rare, right? I've <laughs> been not wanting to date you. That is so rare. Because that is what the sun is. It's you know, really hard to come by. Yeah. <laughs> so hard to go- come by a guy who just wants to fuck and have no kind of relationship. But if you, if that's what you want, you know yeah. what I mean? But I don't know if, if, I feel like if the person is asking if he's dating somebody new, unless she's confused, she would prefer some kind of relationship or exclusive relationship. Right. Right. Unless she's confused about what her goals are, because she is in the fifth house. (laughs) So like, she's not in the seventh, but she is in the fifth (laughs) house. So, you know, like that's another layer there, because that is what the sun represents. Like, I think, what was it? Like the animal which I just took to to be like that sort of like sexual chemical mm-hmm. you know attraction uh, state and you know he he that side of him like his logical side the Saturn no all about it's all about me yeah but the sexual side that's very that's a very different story right when yeah you take I- that into account when when looking at it that way i would say that the saturn part is like not interested in a relationship just wants to focus on themselves but there is a like physical attraction like it's not that there's no like sexual interest because i would say that there is yeah Um, you know like the querent is desirable (laughs) in a sexual way to this ex but i don't think that it's going to result in what the querent is really looking for if right. they're looking for a relationship. I would agree. So what's the what's the too long didn't read judgment here? Is is he dating somebody now? Because that was actually the original question. Th- that would be I I'm leaning towards mm-hmm. a strong yes. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> mm-hmm. and maybe I think again, given what we were saying about like the fifth house kind of action, like maybe not even just one person. Um, yeah. So it's like, because I think that it's very clear that he is feeling himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think especially because like the when we were talking about like the the dignity of the Saturn, like we were saying earlier, like it's beholden to no one. I would I would imagine if someone was like in a invested in a relationship, it would be evident in the you know basically the astrological subtext, and I don't really see that. So on the the next one, um, which is this is a sort of a mix of a career. Mm-hmm. question um Carolyn like would would you like to read um the background and the question 
Yeah, I'm just going to pull up the chart. Sounds good. Okay. Um, okay, so this question is, should I follow these career opportunities I'm getting? That might mean I sacrifice being away from my wife and our plans of getting pregnant. Or do I try to focus slash prioritize my family plans? Um, so this person is having some uh, tension and conflict about um, whether to take uh, or pursue these career opportunities. Um, they don't have a child yet, but they've been trying for a while and it's been challenging. Um, they're in academia and they're concerned that they won't come by these opportunities um, again. And yeah, they're just looking to see like, what should they be focusing on? And so the chart is um, February 18th, 2022, 3.50 p.m. in Riverdale, New York. Okay. I mean, there's so a, oh, go ahead. Um, so for this question, we'd be looking at um, like first, seventh, fifth, and tenth, because those are all kind of the major houses in play here. And we have a 10 degree Leo rising chart. So let's take a look at the quarant. Yeah. So it looks like the quarant is, or L1 is represented by the sun, right? And so the sun has just left its um, detriment. That's the word. Um, it's detriment <laughs> and is now peregrine in Pisces and it's like on the cusp of like it's leaving the seventh and going into the eighth house um um so oh let's see um aspect wise it, it is mostly unaspected if I'm is that correct like it's like a, approaching the part yeah. of fortune, but it's like six degrees is where the part of fortune is. So like, and let me look at, cause I took notes on this one cause there's so many interesting pieces. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, it's a mostly like unaspected sun. Mm. Mm. Feral. So it's yeah, a feral so sun. Yeah. So do, does, who, who, does anyone want to talk about what that traditionally means to like, just generally, not necessarily speaking to it like, oh, this is what the current is like, but that, feral querent. Yeah, feral <laughs> querent. <laughs> what does that? What does that usually mean? Um, to have a feral sun. I don't even know the word. I like okay. to use the word untethered. Because mm. mm. it's like the experience of not having to um, be tied to anything can have right. like a little bit more, um, there's like a, a little bit of a, like a wildness about it or mm -hmm. maybe unpredictability um, or rogue. That's another word I would use for mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> especially a feral sun would be like a rogue sun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the sun representing identity and self-interest, you know, because mm-hmm. if it were a feral Mars or a feral Venus, those would have different connotations. Right. They would all be rogue, right? <laughs> a, ro- a rogue, an untethered Venus, Mars, but then the results would be different. Mm-hmm. And so looking at it being the sun, it's like, I, it kind of is almost doubling down on what, what Amani was saying about having laugh detriment and then being like, yo, <laughs> <laughs> I am free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So, and I mean, I- sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I guess, like, what does that say then about, like, the condition of, because, like, that doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? No. Especially, but like, if an opportunity has just came to them, I'm just thinking about, like, it's probably a very different circumstance than mm-hmm. what they were in before, which, mm-hmm. I, like, I think that shows why the conflict is there, or I'm like... Yeah, well, I think another thing that shows why the conflict is there is because the son's entering the eighth house, a, mm-hmm. a place of disempowerment, too. Yeah. So there's also kind of something a little, well, yeah, yeah. it's an internal struggle, internal. Conflict. I was, I was thinking about the wife's resources mm. because that it would be her, you know, her second house. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course that naturally is like the resources of a spouse um, or a partner or partnership. Um, and like the ruler of that house is in really good shape mm-hmm. as well as L7, which is representative of, of the wife. Um, something that has come up when I've been looking at this is we can use the moon as also like the co-significator of the querent mm-hmm. to look at what the moon's doing. Um, it is applying to a trine with the North node in the 10th. And then also the sun is um, almost like it's a few minutes off, but it's contra and Tisha to the cusp of the 10th. So it's like, I would assume mm-hmm. that the, the querent is very much focused on wanting to take these jobs, yeah, wanting to pursue their career aspirations. Also the pileup of planets in the sixth house like this is what they're focused on or what they want. Um, and I also don't think that it will take away from them um, and their spouse having children. But from that vantage point, we can see like what this person is interested in or what their priorities are. Right. I think one of the things I want to say to that too is like, if you look at the 10th house, Taurus is intercepted right? Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. so, and if we're looking at the fourth house, Mars is, and like, those are both, that's, you know, family L4 and then um, L10, and they're in a conjunction to each other. Mm-hmm. So like, they're, they're in a way, like, kind of like connected and tied to each other in a way. So like, I think in a but sense, like, wait, wait, and even more to kind of add, mm-hmm. then they're also flipped because Mars is L10, Mm-hmm. And Venus is all four, but then they're each other's co-significators because of mm-hmm. the interception. 
Right. So is that what you were trying to say? And I just kind of spelled it out. Uh, uh, yeah. Like the, yeah. They're, the, they're the same and they're going back and forth and being the same in this chart. Yes. Yeah, I we think they're like intertwined. And mm -hmm. when you, I think the, the querent, like as they pursue these other career opportunities, that may be when they actually start their family. I don't think that it's a one or the other. I, mm -hmm. I would assume mm -hmm. that they probably happen not too far apart from each other. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So then uh, what's the reason that the current, you know, we can look at the chart and, and guide this person seems to think that it's an either or, that there's like some sort of contest going on. Well, what's think about where, where Jupiter is. Jupiter's in the eighth house like in Jupiter being L5. So I think there is like concern, like I, they, they did speak to issues around like trying to have a child, right? So I think that kind of speaks to maybe like the anxiety or, or stress um, that they've kind of faced when trying to have a child. And so like, you know, naturally if that's something that you've been focused on and then another big milestone in your life, like a, a career change that in some ways seems pretty significant, right? Um, mm. I can see how those things would make somebody torn. And like, also like think about that career as like L10 is, or like that, you know, that possibility of it, that's an exalted Mars, you know? So like, it's, it's a good opportunity, but like yeah. also like they clearly want a family. So I could see how those two things, just generally speaking might be you know, at odds, unless you're looking at for more astrological reasoning, but. Well, I think it comes back to, to the partner, the wife, because mm -hmm. the, the son is in, the wife is Saturn in Aquarius, and that is the son's place of detriment. So the mm. wife is not feeling great about the spouse right now, for some reason. Mm. you know and who knows if this was just at the moment of the question or it, it, it's more you know uh, you know and and I and I think that they included it in their in their question that the that the querent and the wife are having trouble communicating and really aligning and maybe that's why it seems like a like a conflict is because it's actually a, a conflict between the querent and and his wife yeah and so what would we what would we say to that you know it, it's not really because when we're looking at the chart we're saying it's not a conflict you can have both. That's that's clear in the chart, mm -hmm. and that they're they're both going to happen at the same time. So you don't like investing in those anxieties is is not going to. It's not that's not real. That's not as real. But then you know we're also seeing like that, you know, at least the spouse is 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 having um, some. There's some issues in in the in the relationship. That then is mm -hmm. bringing up these these anxieties, right? I, I think the meeting up. Well, I'll let you go, Caroline. Okay. 
um, when I'm looking at the partner of the Quirin, so Saturn mm-hmm. and Aquarius, like it is responsible for so much. Um, Venus, Mars, Pluto, Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot going on there. And mm-hmm. like, I would say that it does have the resources that it needs to do that, but it can also feel overwhelming. Yeah. And the sun having left one of Saturn's signs, um, the sun being the querent or L1, um, I'm wondering if uh, the querent's partner is feeling like them taking this career opportunity um, is a way for them to like move away from them. You know, like, oh, now I have to do all of this extra stuff by myself and you're not here. And I think that's where some of that tension may come in because now the sign is like, oh, I'm answering to Jupiter, um, which is L8 and L9. And I am not beholden to Saturn anymore, which is L7. Mm-hmm. And that might be where some of that conflict or some of those stress comes in because Saturn already has to do so much in this chart. Yeah. And, and L9 that- is and L9 is a career significator because the ninth house does re- uh, rule scholarship and Mm -hmm. higher education so yeah yeah I mean that makes me think of two things we're like the this kind of like stelium in the sixth house is the spouses derived 12th yeah right Mm. like the impact that it has on like maybe like their mental health and well-being or even the sense of isolation which I think you kind of just spoke to Carolina Mm -hmm. that they may feel from all of these different areas of the queerance life but I'm also thinking about that Neptune inching its way into the ninth house right now so like maybe something is not as clear um if we're looking at that as also like a potential like career um significator I could see more Uranus, like contraintitious Saturn, things that go on in the career is going to feel disruptive to the partner. And it's like, this is going to bring more instability to my life. If you are possibly like having to travel or relocate for your job. And I mean, Saturn in Aquarius, like notoriously doesn't like when things get shaken up like that, especially when they have so much to do. It's like, no, I just need things the way that I plan for them to be. And Uranus in the 10th is like, no, we're going to shake things up in this area. Um, Yeah, with Antisha, it's like what happens to one happens to the other, even if they're not Mm -hmm. in like a direct aspect. Mm -hmm. And you you sense things. Yeah, and then I I also want to point out that the sun is Antisha contra Antisha, the cusp of the uh, 10th and the 4th too. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is also echoing that, um, like that what this sun does is going to affect both. And I don't know, I just feel like this is a conversation that um, the married couple needs to have. Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it, like you need to have it. But what I was going to say is that, you know, with the, um, the uh merc not mercury the moon uh mm-hmm. trining pluto in in two degrees right before it then trines mercury um 
I think to me that says going off by yourself a little bit and like maybe having a deeper think by yourself about, you know, and this is yourself being the quarant, where where your thoughts are and like, you know, it being in, in Virgo, that's is that's like a pro-con list, a, you know, just looking at the facts and yeah. trying to stay away from the fears. Because the fear is I couldn't possibly be fortunate enough to have both career opportunities and a family. Right. That's that's the fear-based piece. Mm-hmm. And that fear is not grounded in reality. Rather, you know should be thinking about how to have both career opportunities and family because that's mm. a lot yeah. that's a lot there's a lot to be happening at the same time and I think that that um upcoming trying to the north north kind of speaks to that as well that's a lot to be to to have and instead like really thinking about in in a very factual manner how is that going to work Mm-hmm. And maybe if you can uh, if can address, I mean, Saturn's very factual. Saturn Aquarius is very factual, very real, real and practical bounds and have that, again, Mercury and Aquarius conversation, factual, like this is this is sort of the, the plan, mm-hmm. you know, rather than having a, a conversation that distracts, which is well, one or the other. You know, that's a distracting conversation versus a conversation that actually moves you forward. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I like that. How you, mm-hmm. like you summarized that very succinctly and very you. well. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So too long didn't read. Talk to each other. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> right. This will be our our last relationship one. Um, Amani, do you want to read um, the the question in the background? Sure. So our querent is a woman, um, and they're asking it about. So they basically feel like they're supposed to be dating this year um, after looking at their solar return chart, which is basically a chart of what your year will look like given your birthday. Um, And that um, dating in particular will be a significant theme um, throughout the year. Um, So she wants to know if she's already met a person um, that could be a potential partner um, or if this person is still unknown. So that is our question. And so the, um, the uh, details of the chart is, this question was asked February 20th, 2022 at 3.09 p.m. in Winnipeg, Canada. So here we go. Um, considerations before judgment. It's a bit early. Yeah. So it's a three three degree ascendant, um, which may then be the answer all in of itself. It's a bit early to tell. Right. Um, and then Saturn's in the seventh as well, which is another consideration. Um, mm-hmm. The moon is 
technically would, of course, but not really because it's going mm. to square Pluto. Right. But again, I'm just saying there's like three different considerations before judgment somewhat present. Um, but I think the thing about the moon void, of course, I think all of this is saying like, because if I remember the quote from Lily correctly, it's like, uh, when the moon is void, of course, the uh, matter will hardly go on, right? Right. And like, that's the, the direct quote. And like, hardly is not meant how we mean it now, uh, which is like, not going to happen. That's how we mean it now. If it's hardly mm -hmm. going to happen, it's not going to happen. But more hardly is it's going to be difficult. Right. You know, so I think or that, that nothing will fundamentally kind of change. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, a, I yeah. guess, like, in a sense, to me, that may mean like, I, and what my mind goes to is like, if you would, you would, like, you would know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if there, like, if there are options, like, you, like, if there are options present, then there would be options present. So it's like, what, what exists for you now, is like, kind of like the. I guess, I don't want to say the reality, I'll use that word for now, but like the reality of the matter at this time is that like mm. not much may change. Um, yeah. Shall we take a look at the current? And then the, to me, this is a fifth house question since they're talking about dating, well, either a fifth mm -hmm. house or a seventh house. We could look at both. I think we can look at both just because it was like, this person like I, like just the way that like you know like we just like kind of culturally talk about like a person or like not to like make it the extreme of like the one but like it's like those are like to me would indicate like more kind of serious yeah I think question this is this is this is a uh what is that the flame what flame is this the the, the soul flame oh my god oh twin flame yes! <laughs> they're clearly looking for their twin flame oh, yeah. <laughs> i think if the question was like will um like will i date that would be a little bit more fifth house because it's more like general looking for fun um but because it specifies like a particular person like i'm inclined to look at more seventh house yeah mm -hmm. Well, let's take a look at the Quarant first, who is the, the sun in the eighth house in Pisces. Mm -hmm. So it just had a, uh, like a pretty substantial dignity change. It went from detriment to peregrine. Um, it's in the eighth house where like things are complicated or unseen, possibly feeling uh, like anxious or confused. Um, the one thing that it does have going for it there is that it's with its ruler that's in that's in domicile. Right. Um, yeah. Well, the ruler is combust. Mm. And the ruler just happens to be the co-significator of the fifth house. I know we said we were looking at seven. I just thought that was interesting. That yes. is. Mm -hmm. So I think a conversation that's come up in the last few months is combustion. Like one of the mitigations to combustion is if the planet that is combust is in rulership. 
Mm. that will like mitigate how uh, like (laughs) difficult or trying it is to be close to the sun. But I think being in the eighth house, I think like the sun being in the eighth house, the uh, south node being in the fifth house, the ruler of the fifth house being um, combust, even if it is a, a mitigation, all this says like, this is not something you're seeing right now. Mm-hmm. I think that that's why this 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 is a, a premature question. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they know who this person is yet. Yeah, I also so like the moon has left this aspect to both. Um, wait, wait a second. To L five, and it's left its aspect to L seven too already you know what I mean and like that kind of made me think like maybe those are like not like an afterthought but like there are other things like what is I was like kind of like thinking like well what is like the querent moving towards then right like if it's cosig the cosig is like past these two planets related to the things related to the question like maybe there are other things that are like you know Mm. yeah kind of more thieves in the forefront right it kind of like going back to the idea of like the asking like it's too early to know like maybe there's like a a, a, you know like needing to I don't don't know I'm just (laughs) the I, I guess like that I'll just like leave it at that like that's kind of the thing that I was thinking of um being that like the moon again like the moon has already left the path of that and that the the sun still has to catch up to if it will um to that um to those planets as well right the moon having just aspected l5 and l7 mm-hmm. would indicate to me that they have already met but they're not but they're not like moving in that direction anymore like there was a point of contact Mm -hmm. and now like some other things are possibly getting uh some other things are possibly like coming up where they don't recognize that this may be a person that would fulfill this role Hmm. okay can you say more about that what do you mean um Like, you know, when you like go to the, when you go to the grocery store and you like chat with somebody there, like you did make Mm -hmm. a contact with them. Like you did have a conversation, but they're not necessarily like in your field of vision of like potential Mm -hmm. possibilities, Mm -hmm. but -hmm. they're also like not completely unknown because like there was a, a connection point. It's just, you can't see it. Or it's not something I, that I, I, to- I totally I get what you're saying from a from a, a, a different angle like you know because this is kind of to draw back from Hori for a second and talk about um you know predictive astrology which is what the solar return is right and if like I presume that this person is having a seventh house year or some some sort of significant seventh house you know, situation, maybe the sun's in the seventh or what a sentence in the seventh um, to, to say that, um, that they think that a, that a relationship is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
and, and so like the, this brings me to like when I when I had a a tenth house year, um, and uh, for my solar return, it was like this and it was in the tenth, and like when I look back on that time, um, I know what the decision I've I've since made because it was a couple of years ago, and it was to become a mother, but I remember at the time I was either going to change my job or stay at my job so that then I could become a mother and not have to deal with changing careers and changing jobs at the same time. And so like, it was kind of interesting to, to look back and be like, oh, this was gonna happen one way or the other. It was kind of up to me to choose how it was gonna happen. Mm. But the astrology spoke to the themes. And mm. so you're kind of saying, Carolyn, like, yes, there was potentially someone, but now that, that has passed and the theme may continue but it's not going to necessarily be with this person mm. you know like whoever the mars and the um because that's who l5 is is mars and mars and the fifth right mm-hmm. like maybe there could even been two because i mean there's also jupiter in the eighth yeah. and it's, it's interesting that they're both both of them are in uh, in dark houses right mm-hmm. where like there's maybe something about the partner that wasn't quite right or the potential partners and so now like the moon is kind of moving on to 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 something to you know just probably someone else something else is that what you're kind of saying um a little bit <laughs> But I definitely see, um, like with your example, how that would apply in this situation too. Um, There's something about like something has happened in the past, um, but it's not like in the field of vision of what's within possibility. Mm -hmm. Okay. Should we predict when it's going to be in the field of possibility? Because I'm looking at that sun trine, uh, the moon, sorry, moon trine sun. Oh, yeah, which is my ways away. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess my thing about the moon, the moon, because like that would be what, like two days from this chart or whatever. My thing is like the dignity change that happens to the moon mm-hmm. yeah. is that it goes into detriment right Mm -hmm. Um, and so like depending on who that is (laughs) in this dynamic like well I I don't know that could be illustrative of like the quality of the meeting that could be illustrative of like the state of like the two people when they're meeting that could be illustrative of like the dynamic between the two people like I don't know that could be a couple of different things What I was thinking, sorry, I should have been clearer um, because the sun is the querent. I'm thinking that the querent, I don't know if this person's in, is honestly in the mindset of being, meeting this person. And maybe that's why they didn't pick up on the two, the one to two other possibilities um, that were present. That's kind of what I was trying to get into when I was talking mm. about the moon having passed those two planets already of like the mind or like maybe like elsewhere, like preoccupied with other things that would, that like those options are kind of like in the past. <laughs> so it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. but I think you, yeah, I like 
kind of where you're going, where it's like, where are you ready or in the space to, you know, eat to, to meet or to be open to, you know what I mean? Like creating and building um, to one, like, I guess, you know, getting to know someone, but then potentially being able to um, take things further with them. So how long do we think? So we want to use moon. Mm-hmm. Want to look at we want to look at the moon. The mm-hmm. moon is angular, and mm-hmm. its cadence. Sorry, not cadence. What am I talking about? Cardinal. <laughs> Can't be both cadent and <laughs> 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 it's angular and uh, cardinal. Within so history, you can be Caden and Cardinal, or Caden and Angel. <laughs> oh, you know what? We probably should look at Antisha before we move on. Before we predict time, take a That's moment a for yeah. Take a moment for Antisha. Are there any Antisha here? That we, uh, that Saturn. We so Saturn, Uranus, or Contra Antisha. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. Oh, uh, Mercury and the fifth house. So yes, stuff is still in the air. It's just going to be unexpected. Yeah. Mercury, um, what am I thinking right now? Because that Mercury is in the seventh house. So I'm thinking about commanding and obeying signs. I believe Mm -hmm. within Mars Aquarius, um, Aquarius is commanding. And then Scorpio is obeying, which Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Scorpios probably feel some type of way about that, but you know, you'll be okay. Um, the, (laughs) that makes me think that the, the other person may be the person to, do you understand? Like maybe the person who, um, what is the word? Initiates. Initiates something. Right. Mm. When the sun and the moon meet up that is going to be when the person can actually start seeing things. I think that okay. it'll illuminate. And then yes, um, then there's a there's the piece where like actually meeting or acknowledging L7. Because I should have said also like um, the other ones were L5. They were just romances. And I think this person's looking for something, the parents is looking for something a little bit more serious, yeah. right? And so the I think that that's when the the actual relationship will start um, when there's some contact with L7 or the cusp of the seven, right? I feel like to, to that point, that is like when we get over a certain amount of degrees, it's like. Yeah, no. Because you know? mm-hmm. that would be moon squaring Saturn, but that won't be until like the moon is already mostly through Scorpio. So right. it's kind of like a moon point. Mm-hmm. Oh, that doesn't have that on the aspect. It looks like it's over a day, well over two days. Yeah, this is mm-hmm. kind of outside yeah. the bounds of the horror. Yeah. Well, that's why I was kind of wondering about even when we could, if we could tell the person when when should you even start looking like put it out of your mind until if we wanted to do that 
-hmm. Like that's why I was wondering about the moon and the sun because that is present in the chart. Right. Would Um, we would we look at Mercury on the descendant? Because the other thing too is like Mercury is very angular in this chart, like even more so than the moon. Why, why would you want to switch the focus to, Mer- to Mercury? I'm curious. Uh, I still think that Saturn, I mean, like being L7 um, is important, but it's like when there's a planet in a house, it's like an agent of change mm. in that house. Mm. And especially mm-hmm. when it's so close to a cusp, it gives like that... Um, like that little bit of more like oomph to act and it gives like singularity there. So I would look at Saturn and Mercury. I mean, also Pluto, but not so much because it's Pluto. Right. It happens at six degrees. Cause I'm, I try a little looking at the ephemeris around six degrees. Um, so yeah, and it's a square. How many degrees would that be from where the moon is now? 13. Okay. I'm going to trust your math because I I can only look at the numbers. I can't add or subtract. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We got all the skills. Um, So say it again. What was the number? 13. So in 13 degrees, which again, we're, we're saying fast for this context. Hmm, how fast do we think this person's wanting to move? So, like we were, oh, it's two angulars. It's two angulars, but it's going to be in two fixed signs. Mm. So, I think that makes it more mm. of like a medium, like medium. You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. The, the, I forgot about the, the sign change. So, 13 minutes instead of 13 seconds. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> so, in 13 minutes from now, um, I think 13 weeks from the time of the, the question, because, like, if it was 13 months, like, that's beyond even the solar return. So, definitely not going to happen. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, then it's, it's 13 weeks. So, if that's it's February 20th, I'm going to look at the calendar. And we're counting out 13 weeks. Give me a moment. All right. So 13 weeks is around the week of May 8th. So now, now-ish. Start looking Um, in in real time. Start looking now-ish. So you met some potentials. Too long, good readers. You met some potentials, but not the real deal. Sometime around May, uh, mid-May, you will likely meet the real deal, but wait and allow that person to initiate. Cause that is one of the things we said is yeah. that the person, the other person's likely to initiate versus the Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Christina, I really appreciate your whole too long didn't read summaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just fast forward the recording if you can't yeah. list all the technical blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. I can imagine, you know, like the 15 second skips. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it's like, it'll hear, okay, there we go. Like, <laughs> don't do that. We're working hard. Um, <laughs> This has been the first episode of Ask the Oracle, a 
Horary Podcast. Thank you for listening. Let us know what you think by following our cast members on Instagram and sharing your commentary. If you have a question, check out the links in their Instagram bios to submit and hopefully be featured on an upcoming episode. Ask the Oracle is published the last Wednesday of every month. Join us then for your fix of celestial advice.